Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And joining me today is Daniel Reyes. Daniel has experienced some things that I I guess I wouldn't say are completely unheard of because people experience these things, but it's not something that you ever plan on happening. Uh, Daniel comes from a place of television production and journalism. This is some of his history. He has some some very passionate ideas now about how to create your own legacy and to document that. We'll get into that as we as we get into the conversation today. Daniel, welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here. You have a compelling and inspiring story. Um and it's not what you expected, is it? No, definitely not expected what uh, what I expected from my life at, at this point. No, not at all. So you're just going along through your life, minding your own business, and then boom, something happens. Tell us the story. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was kind of a, a crazy situation that happened over the summer. Um, basically, it all started out with I, I thought I had the worst cold in my life. Mm. Um, for about a month, I couldn't sleep laying down. I had to sleep sitting up on my couch, mm-hmm. and um, and so I went and and I was told originally, you just have bronchitis, you'll be okay. Oh, so yeah, so got some medications. Uh, the cold started wearing off, but other symptoms weren't, um, such as like I I couldn't walk more than about a hundred feet without. Uh, having to pause and catch my breath. Oh, wow. Um, I also, yeah, also uh, I was gaining weight at an extremely rapid pace. Uh, I mean, I'm a big guy as it is, but um, this was very extreme. Like, uh, I think in one week I gained 40 pounds. Over the course of a month, I ended up gaining close to 120 pounds. Wow. On top of what I'm normally at. Yeah, it was crazy. So uh, after dealing with this for a while, I, I finally decided, you know what? I'm going to go to the ER because this is scary. Right. Um, yeah. So got to the ER around 11 o'clock in the morning. By 5 o'clock, I was having emergency surgery, and uh, they had found blood clots in my lungs and in my right leg. Had Ooh. no idea that they were there. Wow. Yeah. So uh, there's a – they they use this device um, – kind of like a long needle that goes down your neck and into your lungs. And that's how they remove the clots from my lungs. So uh, I've got what looks like a vampire bite now on my neck continually. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so that that's kind of fun. And uh, and I ended up spending about a month in the hospital um, because of the clots. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that time, I over the course of the summer, I had two hospital stays, um, both about a month long each. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first day was a month and, uh, I spent three weeks in what they call an end of life room. Cause they really didn't know how it was going to go. Um, Whoa. especially with clots. Yeah. Hang on. End of life. That sounds yeah. 
pretty serious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of scary. Um, you know, it's it's really when they don't know what's going to happen, and and you could go at you know any time. It's it's extra care. It's um, I think the nursing staff is is a higher ratio per patient. So then that way, you know, something happens. Um, for myself, they had me on heart monitors continuously uh-huh. and constantly checking on me, seeing if I was all right. Seeing you know, um, the one funny thing was they didn't tell me it was end of life. Myself, my whole family knew it, and and all my friends. So everybody looked really sad when they came in, and I was just like, "Oh, I wonder what's going on." Oh my um, gosh! The yeah, the the room was like three times as big as a normal hospital room. Really nice furniture, forty inch plasma. So I I just thought I got like luxury treatment. Yeah, but they were but, they were thinking. The, so your family and friends show up to visit you, and they're going to the end of life room. Right, right. And you're just thinking you're in the presidential suite. Yeah, I thought I upgraded. Oh you know, I was God. like, oh, all right, this is great. Uh, but uh, and it ends up the the reason for all the extra space is one and for family to visit because you're at end of life you might be going mm-hmm. um, and it's also uh, extra space for all the equipment that they need for you and and I had a lot of equipment uh, I was everything you could possibly imagine wired to and then I ended up having every complication possible um, so one of the ways they treat the the blood clots is is with blood thinners. And I got so pumped up with blood thinners that I got internal bleeding. And so, um, yeah, so then at at one point um, with the internal bleeding, they had to do MRIs. And when they do that, they inject you with this uh, special solution so they can see inside your body. Right. That solution is horrible for your kidneys, just anybody. So, but like once to get an MRI, it's not bad. But when you get four MRIs in six days, it, it shut down my kidneys. So, so it was just crazy, just every possible thing. Wow. Yeah. And this is all uh, just this past summer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as of the time of this recording, it's December. This was in June. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, Daniel, and maybe safely, uh, that you somehow made it through all this. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not a spirit. Uh, I'm good. Since we're uh, having this conversation, I'm thinking right, there was right. probably a favorable outcome there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so the the first hospital stay was treated for the clots, um, and then after about a month, I, I was released. Um, they gave me diuretics. They they told me, you know, we'll we'll worry about the weight later, and uh, and so at that point, I could barely walk, but I was alive. Um, then about a month later, I was gaining weight again pretty rapidly, even with the diuretics. So it freaked me out. So we we went to uh, the hospital again, and that's when I got my second diagnosis of heart failure. Mm. And and to this day, I have heart failure. Um, I am told if I do as the doctors say and take my medications, I will have a long life ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you better believe I'm doing exactly what they say to do. <laughs> oh well, especially after that that yeah yeah huge uh, some wake of the up call. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like uh, you know, I tell I'm a younger guy. I'm not you know I, I don't feel like I should be having these problems at this age. But well, um, I was just thinking the same thing, Daniel. You're yeah, you're not that old. It's not like yeah, you know, we expect people of your age in general health to 
have this kind of a an experience where you're treated in an end-of-life room and then you come back with a heart failure diagnosis. Yeah, now, um, to, to be fair, my issue stems from, ultimately the issue stems from, uh, I was born with a heart defect as a child. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of later I found out that's where all of this comes from. Uh-huh. So uh, apparently the I have what's called transposition of the greater valves. So as I understand it, uh, your valves kind of go in an X-shaped flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine were born were parallel shaped. So oh, yeah. So it's not really fixed. Whatever they did as when I was a kid, it's kind of like a, a bandaid on the wound. So oh. and that now can lead they have to better. Some, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but either way, it's not what you were expecting. No, and, not at all. I, did, I didn't think this was coming down the bike at all. And it um, changed some things for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, in my career field in TV, I was, uh, you know, I, I've been told I was a tyrant on set. Uh, oh. You know, I was very decisive and, and, and focused and, you know, uh, all the positive ways to say uh, I was a jerk kind of. Um, oh, but, uh, yeah, but, but, uh, this kind of knocked that out of me, you know, um, mm. it definitely developed, uh, patience and, and understanding, you know, um, you go through something like this, you start realizing what really matters, you know, and right. Yeah. What's most important. I was thinking about that just as you were sharing your story, Daniel, that yeah. you you can't go through an experience like this without taking a new perspective mm-hmm. on on life and priorities and what's really important to you. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, yeah. So it just now I just want to do stuff that matters. You know, I, I've done a lot of entertainment shows. I've done a lot of um, documentaries and news shows and, and news programming. And, and those are all great and fine, and, and, and I love that I did them, and I love that I you know, had those opportunities. But uh, it, it's time to shift gears. It's time to, to make a change. So as yeah. you realize, that's where I very, hmm? very literally on what people would call a deathbed. If, yeah, yeah. Even though I'm, and I'm so glad, Daniel, that you're doing better. I, I understand you. that you're still in some phase of recovery from all of that, and you know, making whatever lifestyle adjustments you get to make. But from that experience, you've learned that there are some some deeper meanings to life, and you get to spend your time doing something. So I'm hearing you say you want to do something that's more meaningful, that has more lasting impact now than maybe what you were doing before. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when you're lying on your deathbed, you know, you think about what are you going to leave behind? And, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, I, I've left behind a lot of news stories and, you know, shows with celebrities and mm-hmm. things like that. You know, th- it's fun. But, um, you know, if I go tomorrow, yeah, there, there's money for the family. But I want to leave more than that. I want to leave... You know, something I, I don't know, it's something to be proud of, something to to, to show off later. Yeah. You know? Like and, a, and a legacy yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. And so 
as I as I've been recovering, as I've been going through this, I just thought more and more like, how can I make that possible? How do I make that you know happen? And it, and it just hit me like, well, why not a legacy documentary? Why not share my stories, share my experiences, share you know what I want to leave behind for somebody? And and I thought, well, I'm not the only one who wants to do this. Other people are going to want to do that, and so I just want to help people create those. So using your skills and your experience in uh, in television production, really, you know mm-hmm. how to put together a story and convey that in a media form that other people can easily access. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and um, you know, there's there's a lot of. Uh, People can just turn a, uh, their phones on now and record, right? So the the access right. to the technology, the the gateway to entry is so much easier now than what it used to be. It's not you're not carrying a hundred pound camera and and you know um, calibrating it and all that. You can you can definitely do those things. I I messed with those cameras; they exist. Yes, even to this day. But um, but yeah, you don't have to go that route. You you can if you want to. But um, mm-hmm. the, the other great thing that, that that I think I have to offer people is my experience in journalism. I know how to interview people. I know how to get that story, you know, because it's it's one thing to just uh-huh. talk into a camera and, and kind of say your thing. But it's different if you have a professional to help you focus the right. the story. Right. You know yeah. what, Daniel? I love the direction you're going with this, and I, I know some of what's to come in the second half today. You've queued this up really nicely so that we can get into some of those, those practical ideas that you could share with our listeners as we come back from this first break. Sounds so, great. Folks, we got Daniel Reyes today, and there's some neat things coming up right after the break. This is Live on Purpose Radio. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com And welcome back. Live On Purpose Radio today with Daniel Reyes. Coming from an interesting background, Daniel, of, of journalism and, and television production and telling the story. And then, boom, life smacks you with a big old wake-up call. I, Daniel, I don't know if you needed a wake-up call. But you kind I, of I would got say one. I did. Yeah. 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 I, I think if, if something like this happens to you and you, and you get a wake-up call, you probably needed it. Right. Well, we just kind of cruise along through our life and and sometimes lose track of or lose sight of what's most important. And an experience like what you had last summer, where you're literally in an end-of-life room in a hospital, um, 
with the real possibility that you might not be checking out on your feet. They could take you out in a box. Right. Um, that that wakes you up to some things. And what you've shared with us in the first half, I think, is is so inspiring because we all have some kind of a package in life. And, and it'll be a little different from one person to another, but I think there are some consistencies where the priorities really come down to some basic principles and relationships. And I think that's what I'm hearing from you in, in this story. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the, the things we leave behind are the people we leave behind is kind of how I see it. It's our relationships. It's the impact we've made on people. Um, the stories we've told, the advice we've given, you know, stories the one thing that connects every culture, religion, society, you know, from the days of the caves, you know, we were drawing on the wall, here's the buffalo, and we didn't catch them, and so we had to move to the plains, you know, right. the Egyptians with the hieroglyphics. It's story matters so much, you know. Uh, even when you meet somebody new, you the first thing you say, oh, what do you do? Uh, what do you like to do for fun? Those kinds of things. Yeah. What's you know, your you're story, hearing basically. their story that thinks, yeah, yeah. So... Well, yeah. and as a professional, is is it okay if I call you a professional storyteller? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean because you yeah. you've spent your career now uh, creating and portraying stories. You know, through through the medium of television, for example, and journalism, those are are media that we use to tell the stories. And now with your new perspective on life, you're seeing that there are more important stories to be told that have to do with our legacy mm -hmm. and the important principles that we learn in our life that we really want to pass on to future generations or to those that we love who will be left behind when, not if, but when we leave. Because mm -hmm. I think we are all going to have end of life at some point. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's the one thing. If you're on this planet, at some point you go. Um, and, and even if it's not our story, but, you know, we have an elderly family member, you know, that, that we want to capture their story, right? this, you know, get it. Absolutely. Get that now. You know, um, I, I have that video on my website where I talk about how I regret that I didn't get my mom's story. You know, my mom passed away a few years oh. ago and, and back then I even knew how to shoot and edit and interview and, and I just never did it. And I don't know why. And, and uh -huh. after coming up with this idea, I mean, you can't be angry and regret it, but it just gnaws at me a little bit, you know? Well, as, yeah. yeah. As as we consider this, I say we because I'm thinking about some of my own stories, Daniel, as you bring this to my remembrance. Um, it's easy for us to get caught up in, well, but I don't know how to, you know, create a script or or shoot a video or you know, produce a documentary of of my life or a loved one's life. I, th I think you've broken it down and made it more simple for us. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and so I, I have a, you know, my mission is I want people to do these, whether or not they have me do it or, or you know, hire somebody or, or shoot it themselves. Mm -hmm. It's too important. It, it should be done. Mm -hmm. So um, I've created free tools on, on my website, heirloomfilms.net. And, and I have free advice on there. Um, the advice ranges from technical to, to interviewing techniques. Um, the outline I have 
it, it's something I as a professional would use myself, um, laying out my my thoughts before I go into a production. You know, uh, yeah, film you know film studios spend hundreds of millions of dollars on a big blockbuster budget, right? Right. You better believe that they write everything down before they roll cameras, you know? Oh, um, yeah. You know, the next Avengers movies has storyboards and scripts and outlines and mm-hmm. stage direction and all these factors, right? Right. That doesn't mean yours is going to be a multi-million dollar production. doesn't need to be. But, you know, you don't want to be in the middle of the interview and forget to touch on a point and not have the opportunity to reshoot or mm-hmm. just forget about it. So that outline helps lay that out. It just gives you a guide. So you've got some resources and we'll call people back to that uh, before we sign off folks. We'll, and in the description also, I'll make sure that there's a link, but on your website, airline heirloom films.net, mm-hmm. um, there are some, some really basic tools and advice to help get us started. Can you give us a little sample where, like, where would I start if I just didn't have anything yet? Where would I start? Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a saying in, in film and television development that says if it's not on the page, it's not on the screen. So first, first, first thing is the outline. You got to know where you're going to go. Just okay. like driving in a car. You know, if you don't know where you're headed, you're not going to get anywhere. So right. who are you going to interview? Is it yourself? Is it grandma? Is it grandpa? You know, great uncle Billy, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um what are the points you want to make? What is it about that person that, that you would love to record? You know, did mm-hmm. grandma have a collection of ceramic monkeys or, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, did, did grandpa fix cars during the war? You know, whatever mm-hmm. it is you want to capture, get, get those, get that kind of basic outline. You don't need the full story, but just like, Hey, I want to hit these points. Kind of like a grocery list. Well, and I um, think it, it, that's one of the really important keys, Daniel, the way I'm seeing it, because if you're thinking, I've got to get this whole story. I've got to have the the whole trilogy mapped out here. I've got it, that's going to be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But you're saying just identify a point or two, something that you already know and want to preserve. Start with that. Something right. simple. Yeah, just something simple. It does not have to be this big daunting task. You know, mm-hmm. we we all have high definition cameras on our phones nowadays, right? Isn't so, that crazy? So, yeah, it's crazy, you know. Um, yeah, well, I can well, go on a rant about that. we still call them phones, but really it's like this high-def camera that has the capability of calling people. Yeah, it's that. It's It's <laughs> got more technology in it than the space shuttles. It's insane. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I would say the wheel, fire, and cell phones are like some of our biggest technological met- achievements as humans. So, so the technology is already in our hands. We don't have to go out there and purchase a bunch of expensive equipment or even hire a videographer or anything like that. We're just talking, use what's in your hand, get some basic ideas and let's get started. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, um, whether it's yourself, whether it's, you know, another family member, friend, whatever it is, just chronicle that journey. You know, even if you have multiple sessions with them, that's great because now you'll have this whole digital time capsule almost, you know, Yes. You know what? Um, as you're talking about this, Daniel, I'm I'm so glad that I did something like this. And maybe I should have talked to you sooner because I would have had other ideas. But I just pulled out a digital recorder. It wasn't even a camera. When my grandfather came over for Christmas Eve dinner, mm-hmm. I did this a couple of years in a row. 
because he was in his 90s, you know, he's not going to be around forever. Mm. And I would just ask him, well, Grandpa, tell me about this. Tell me about that. And just capture a couple of things. It took maybe 15, 20 minutes. I got that captured. And I'm so glad I did. We had his funeral a few months ago. Mm. And he's not coming to Christmas Eve dinner this year. You know? Yeah. So, But I've got that recorded, and I've been able to share that with family. Mm. And I didn't do any editing, nothing. I just simply shared it with the family. So I think my point is, yes, I'm hearing you that it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a big production. And there's things you can do to improve it, obviously. I think you've got some good tips for us along those lines. Mm -hmm. But really, just get beyond that initial hurdle of, of being overwhelmed and simply do something simple that's going to create something that could be potentially extremely valuable. I'm so glad I have those recordings of my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's such a treasure for you and your family, you know? Right. Um, you know, just to even be able to hear his voice again so easily, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's wonderful. I'm glad you did that. That's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. In the last few it, minutes that we have here, Daniel, what, what mm-hmm. other uh, thoughts or advice are you feeling to share with our listeners as we're wrapping up? So... I think, you know, I'm trying to think, should I teach a, you know, technical advice or, or something more about content? So I think w- with saying that it's so easy, you know, as far as just turning on your camera, I'm not going to go technical, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll give an interviewing kind of advice. Okay. Um, I think the, the best thing for, for somebody just starting out <clears throat> is use open-ended questions. So an example of that is... Um, like a close-ended question would be like, hey, what color is your car? And somebody would just reply, oh, blue, white, whatever it is. Right. right? So that doesn't really give an answer. It's not the answer you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So a, a different way to, to go about that would be, tell me about your car. Beautiful. So there, there's no question mark at the end of that. You know, it's it's just an open-ended statement, you know, and let people right. talk about, it, you know. And, and they'll, you know, oh, my car is, you know five years old it's got bluetooth you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. so people will naturally fill in those gaps so just start start like that just think open-ended don't ask specifics because you'll get a specific answer you know just let people flow Mm -hmm. um i'll give another tip too yeah Uh, in journalism we we did this a lot uh we some people call it the 30 second pause but uh after you ask a question don't immediately jump in with the next question. Wait a second. Wait, you know, up to 30 seconds. People naturally feel that awkwardness and feel the need to, to fill it. Right. So they will start spouting off more stuff. And honestly, that's probably when you're going to get your best stuff. Hmm. It's kind of like on second thought. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I think the things that will come as you start, as you just give it a try, it's like what I experienced with my grandfather. Wow. It's some potentially very valuable material that can come out. Now, you've created some resources, and you said something about on your website. Um, and let's, let's make sure people have this. Heirloom Films, spelled H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, films.net. Is that Correct. accurate, Daniel? That is accurate, yeah. And what are Aaron they going to find there in terms of resources? 
So I've got uh, I've got video tips that I leave, uh, you know, every probably once a week or so, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a couple times a week. I, I create a little video tip, you know, just single subject, um, and they range from anything technical to to interviewing style content, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so those videos are there, and they're and they're all collected there, and you can just watch them. Uh, I also have a free guide on content outline. So let's say you want to do this, great what do you do next? And it kind of just helps you gather your thoughts and, and focus on that. Uh, I even have guides on technical aspects. Uh, those are for sale as well. And, and um, you know, I talk about each guide is individualized. So one is right. audio, one is lighting, one is camera angles, one is interviewing techniques. That's a little more in depth. So they're all there. So and, and it, yeah. start simple and you can get as, involved or or detailed or intricate as you choose Mm -hmm. the resources are there and your experience daniel i think is so valuable in helping us not only to understand the why today because that is huge uh, but also the the how is it doesn't have to be overwhelming there are a lot of simple things and tips that you've provided thank you for that for the offering and also for for the value you've created here for us today at live on purpose radio well, thank you for having me. The pleasure is all mine. Folks, hopefully you've been inspired as I have by Daniel's story and some of the things that he has learned through his experience. I know that I can relate to that. It is time now to go live on purpose.